0: Please stay standing. I want to read to you scripture. I'm going to read from Luke twenty from Luke 24, and you can hear these words, verse 13. Now, the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. This is after the Lord's resurrection. About seven miles from Jerusalem, they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with him. I think that's a great picture, right? All of a sudden, these guys are talking and Jesus is kind of following along. And it says, they were talking, um, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus came up. But they were kept, listen to this, but they were kept from recognizing him. They, 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 They couldn't see him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? And they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one living in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? I mean, really, where have you been? What things, Jesus asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find he was, uh, didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe. This is Jesus. All that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them... What was said in all the scriptures concerning himself, and as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus acted as if he was going to go further. But they urged him strongly, oh come on, you can just see him kind of saying, you gotta stay, stay with us, for it's nearly evening and the day is almost over, so he went in to stay with them, and when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them, and then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight and they asked each other were not our hearts burning within us while you talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us and they got up and they went right back to Jerusalem Father we come before you we thank you for your word we ask that you would take your word and open our hearts to understand what you want to say to us as a congregation to us individually because we want to see you Jesus we want to recognize you Throughout the moments of our life, throughout the days of our life, today, the day we see you face to face, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What I want to share with you and the moments that we have is pretty directly how Jesus has been dealing with me and I believe is part of how God is going to be leading within our own body. Um, I wrote as I was writing this message, faith works. The idea that faith faith, your faith, my faith, releases the works of God. And and you see this all throughout scripture. And Jesus will say to people, like to a centurion, um, who says, just say the word, and he goes, I'm amazed all throughout Israel, the people of God, all of God's people, no one has faith like this pagan. Or as he goes along and there's a woman who comes into this dinner party and and she's washing his feet and she leaves and she's forgiven and he says to her, your faith has saved you. There's a woman who has been ill for years and years, can't get any remedy, nothing to take care of it, and she just thinks, if I could just touch his garment. She has the the faith that if she could just touch his garment, and she does, and she's healed, and he says, your faith has healed you. You can go through Luke 7, chapter 7 through verse chapter 8, and you'll find that again and again. But here's kind of the main point. If God tells you something, if God makes a promise, if God is leading in a direction... Our responsibility is to believe, to exercise faith. So let me share with you kind of a little bit of um, history, because in the last few months, God has really impressed this on my heart, really beginning around January and culminating in April and then just in the last week. Um, As you remember, some of you, if you hadn't been with us back in January of 2020, we had gone through that COVID period of that whole year. And as a leadership team, as elders at that point, we prayed and, and decided, let's pause. Let's pray. Let's hear what God wants us to hear. Let's listen to one another. We did surveys. We did focus groups. we did, um, We fasted. We just did a number of things. We said, let's just take this time to listen to God. And we did. And as we did that, we came back in January of 2021, just a year ago. And we, we brought before the congregation three resets and I'll be totally honest with you, I was, I was really afraid to bring those resets because of the potential of division and all kinds of different things that could happen in it. And so as I was praying about it and really in a state of <laughs> spiritual panic, I was praying and, and the Lord said very, very um, strongly on my heart, impressed on my heart this word watch. And, and I've shared this with you before. So I just want you to watch. Doesn't mean you don't do things. I don't have a problem of not trying to make things happen. I have more of a problem of letting God make things happen. Right? And so he was just saying to me, watch. Similar to what you might think of when, when I was doing this series on Exodus around that time too, where he just one point said to the people of Israel, they were um, going to be freed from captivity. They watched these plagues and then they, stood before a Red Sea with the army behind him, and he says, watch, in a sense, and you will see the work of God. You'll see the deliverance of God. You just need to watch, and then you'll see. And so I went through that period, and we went through this, and then so we come to January of 2022 this year. And in this period of time, we are moving from the resets to what we call three priorities of what we have up here. We want to reach... The community. These are ambitious. We really want to make a dent and meet the community around us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. We want to embrace and empower the emerging generations. We know that if the church is going to be effective in the next 30 to 40 years, it's got to be with the kids and with the youth and with the college age and with the young adults that we see that God is bringing into our church. And then we said what's really important is that we got to do this together. Everybody. Everybody's valuable. Even those of you online, some of you who are shut in, who are seen by the faith community nurses, you are valuable. Your prayers are important. Your connection to this body is important. And so as I was working through these three priorities, I started praying and saying, God, okay, you said watch. What do you want now? What's what's your word? What's your word that you want? And as I began to pray, I began to get this impression As I read scripture, as I prayed with other people, as other people, as I shared with them, they would share with me stories, and the word was faith. And I thought, okay, that's interesting, faith. And as I continued to pray about it and and think about it, it was this idea of exercising faith. Faith is like a muscle, And, and he was calling us to exercise it. So... As I was preparing to share this message, I thought, you know what? Um, I, I met with the worship team, and I said, I'm going to do something. I'm really, it feels very vulnerable, because you're going to kind of, I'm going to bring you into my prayer life with God. And so I brought my journal, and I'm just going to read a, a bit of it to you. And uh, anyway, so, okay. I had a significant moment, this is on April 13th, as I've been praying through this since January, on Wednesday, before Easter Sunday, April 13th, I had a significant moment yesterday, April 12th, when I woke up from a dream or something, it felt like, with these thoughts in my head, lose weight, lose um, exercise faith in God concerning the $165,000 shortfall in the budget. And I was wrestling with some thoughts of someone I had a conversation with. And they wrote, what does faith mean or look like in this? What is it? My moving from watching to the faith of Jesus, not merely faith in Jesus. I woke up, reached over, Tapped my eye watch and it lit up to four four four, and I had a deep sense that God was speaking to me. Not sure what it was. I do what I often will do. I grabbed my phone to look at the news or my emails. It was a mere second or two after tapping my watch when I grabbed my phone. It lit up and it went from four 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 to four four five right in, right before me, and I thought that that's that's funny. I quickly tapped my eye watch again. And it said 445. Well, duh, they're on the same thing. But anyway. But I knew the numbers 444 were important and that Jesus was saying the significance of the meaning of the number 4 was happening right now. The move from 444 to 445 was not coincidental. I mean, I could have woke up seconds later and tapped my watch and it would have read 445 and it would have meant nothing to me. And then the fact that within a second of time, from seeing 444 on my watch to seeing 445 on my phone, confirming it with seeing it on my iWatch, I knew in the present moment and time, God is doing what this number four indicates. I paused and I said to myself, why God do you speak to me in numbers? I believe his answer was, because if they were just thoughts, you'd doubt it. And I need that which will catch your attention. Now, the numbers on a digital watch seem to do that for you, my son. That's what I wrote. Anyway, I'll copy my thoughts on the meaning of number four in scripture, and there's all kinds of things. In Genesis, four days of the, to complete the physical um, creation. There were four seasons. There's four corners of the earth. There's four rivers in Eden. Um, they're all around the, the completion of four in the physical realm. Ezekiel has four living creatures. Uh, you have in Daniel the four winds and the four beasts and the four other things. And there's the four Gospels that 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 are, why four? Four because they actually display the physical. Um, Jesus and the glory that comes to the physical Jesus on earth, and so I, 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 it, it is all in the Bible, most often related to completeness and specifically a kind of completedness in the physical order and realm in which god 's glory is revealed and dwells. Now some of the interesting coincidences unique to my receiving this message 444 4, 4 yesterday, it happens to be that it was on my daughter's birthday, which is April 12th, which is 4, 444, 12, 4, 4, 12. And I'm within what I consider the fourth quarter of my life. I have always seen life split up in these four quadrants, 0 to 20 years of age, 20 to 40, 40 to 60, and 60 to 80. And I kind of consider anything over 80 as gravy. It's a gift, like playing into overtime in the game of life. I, I don't mean to offend anybody, this is what I'm writing. <laughs> is God leading me, us, and the community he's building to live in the 4-4 four, four dimension? in this fourth dimension. There are four dimensions of God in the Bible, again, it directly manifesting God's presence. And they are signs, wonders, miracles, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the spiritual gifts. Most people live in the third or in three dimensions of life, but Jesus lived in the fourth dimension where faith works and faith releases the works of God. So I left that and there's a few days where I'm complaining about the cold. I won't read that about it to you. But four weeks later, on Wednesday, April 20th, I wrote, a week later on, on Wednesday, April 20th, I wrote, I, I'm, I'm reading through my quiet times and I'm going through the book of Luke. I had been doing that in order to prepare for the Easter, the Passion Week. But I'm reading Luke 24, what I just read to you. It's the Emmaus appearance I write. And I read this and I found this so interesting. There are two followers of Jesus are walking and talking about Jesus in the events of the weekend and Jesus joins a walk with him and they do not recognize him but their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. How often is Jesus with me or with us and my eyes, our eyes only uh, of my spirit do not see him. Are there times the Holy Spirit prevents me from seeing the deeper reality of his work or presence? And if so, why? Why was he preventing them maybe from seeing him? As I read those verses, 17 through 26 particularly, I wondered if God was seeking to move them to a deeper level of faith. I mean, Jesus could have showed up and said, Hi guys, look, I'm risen. And that would have taken little faith. They are seeing the wonder of his actual presence, but what if Jesus wants them to grow up in this faith and believe the word of the prophets, not to see and believe, but to believe And as a result, see, what if they had been, had believed the word of God, would they immediately have seen Jesus, the word of God walking with them? I think so. Jesus, you have said to me, watch, which is see and believe. I now sense you are saying believe and see. And I don't think he's saying that to me alone. There's one last little page in this. It's on Thursday, April 28th, just a little bit later. I'm still reading. uh, Sometimes I'll stay in a passage of Scripture for a long time. I'm still reading Jesus' response to these two disciples and they're sharing about the crucifixion, the reports of Jesus in Christ. These guys have been told by women that the tomb is empty. The angels have said that the Lord has risen. He's been told by their companions, the other disciples, that they went to the tomb and Jesus is gone, but they still can't believe. Jesus says, what a foolish Way that you have chosen to live you two Seriously, you don't take God at his word Are you telling me that even after having read what the prophets of God have said you still do not believe really? Is that How you want to live? We don't even live that way with our fallible human beings i'm writing when when my wife tells me that she's going to make dinner That evening do I doubt her and only believe when I walk through the door and see the table set and smell the dinner being made Or when a when a mom says to her seven-year-old, I'll pick you up at 3 p.m. after school, does a child only believe it when mom shows up? If Jesus says, do this, expect this, it's ask for this and I'll provide. Shouldn't we um, should we doubt until we see it provided? No. Foolish. Such a life with Jesus is foolish. Jesus says to his disciples, How slow of heart you are to believe. So Jesus continues to challenge them to move from faith that sees. It is a time to live believing what you've been told and promised. It is time to release a faith of what will be seen. It's time to grow up and learn the age of spiritual, and leave the age of spiritual immaturity that requires you to see so you can believe he's calling me I think he's calling us to believe and see I'm going to ask the team to come up and I'm going to share with you just in closing just a few thoughts I say that because we're going to get into a series called Lake Life where we're going to talk a lot about faith you have all kinds of questions around faith you know we don't want to do stupid things we just want to do the things that God's calling us to do right That's the key What is it How do you discern How do you know When God is calling you To do something Well at certain points In your life You get to a place Where you can know God's word But sometimes God Leads in your life And and he's calling you To take a step of faith So that when you Have faith When you believe Then you will see The works of God Most often I think the church Lives to see And then They get You know And then they um, To You know Then they see The works of God You know To watch And then they see This idea that when he walked with the disciples, Jesus was with them, they see, and then they believe. Now he's saying, you know what, you don't recognize me because it's going to take faith for you. It's going to be believe and then you'll see. So, just to be real clear and upfront with you, we had the opportunity to buy a house to do a ministry for refugees and you're aware of that. It was $400,000 It came up at a time when we're looking at what our budget is and we're kind of going, how do we do this? What do we do? Should we even bring this to the congregation? And we prayed about it as a leadership board and as a team, we just said, you know what? We believe God is calling us not to give and take away from our our, our, our regular budget but to ask if people want to and if they believe God's in this to give over and above. So that's what we ask people to give over and above. Honestly, I had little faith. Right? Even though God's been saying to me. And I really felt stupid even bringing it to you, the congregation. I have this fear inside me of of business people thinking, I can't believe what idiots these people in the church are. (laughs) Honest truth. And then, and then, so we said, okay, this is all you need to do. So we brought it to the congregation, and within two weeks, we received 18 gifts over that total of $405,000 plus, which, which Which means we have enough to actually even do the closing. Is that amazing? I just think God knows what he's about. We're going to be bringing to you a, 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 a budget and we're not asking you to vote yes. We're asking you to pray in your heart if God, are, are, are we going to commit to it and are we going to step out in faith? It seems crazy, folks. The world around, I looked, at, I watched the news last night and if I I'm going to, we're going to do this tomorrow. I, 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 you know, I just want to tell you this is what God has led us to do and what we're going to look at in a, in a few moments when we go to the congregational meeting. But I just, I just want to share with you, um, it's man. How do I? How do you? How do you share from your heart what you believe God's calling, and and do it in humility and go? You need perfect freedom to do it. It, it. Do not. We're not trying to constrain or compel anybody. Does that make sense? We just really want people to respond as the Spirit of God seems to work in your heart. But I do want to say this. I am going to call you to think about what it means for you to step out in faith. Where will you serve this next year as you go through this coming year in, in a ministry? Uh, what will you give of what God has given you to a ministry? How will you be a part of the work God is calling you to do? Where in your life is he calling you to step out in faith? It may be to share your faith. I don't know where. But we're going to together, um, I just say continue to watch and and walk with God. Like I said with the house, whether that money comes in, if it doesn't come in, then we'll just take it that's not God's will. If God works for your people and he says no about something, I'm not going to get all bent out of shape because we're just going to do what we believe God's calling us to do, right? So I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to sing and then we'll close the service.